When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our Behind Enemy Lines series in which I'm joined by a member of the opposition to look ahead to Arsenal's next game. I'm very happy to be joined by London's Crystal Palace correspondent Mark White. How are you doing mate? Are you well? Very well thanks Tom. How are you? Very good. Very good indeed. It's a really interesting I mean, I, I'll be very honest with you, Mark. I dread Palace. I absolutely dread facing Palace. They are a bit of a banana skin for Arsenal at times. I remember being at Selhurst Park, uh, Park when we got battered 3-0. Um, it was a horrible day. Wasn't for you, I'm very sure. Uh, and I think it's happened on a couple of occasions, actually, that we've got a bit of a hiding uh, down at Selhurst Park. But at the Emirates, it's been a bit of a different story, although you have managed to get a, a win over us. I remember the one during Unai Emery's tenure at the club. But uh, it's, it's always maybe lent much more in Arsenal's favour when it, it comes to playing in, in North London. But how, in general, are you feeling uh, ahead of the Monday game? And how frustrated are you that we have to wait all the way till Monday after an international break for the fixture? I know, I know. You wait so long and when the international break rolls around, you hope, oh, I'd like a nice Saturday kickoff. But no, Monday night again. Uh, had one against Brighton as well the other week, which was uh, which was similar. But no, I'm really looking forward to the game. Like you said there, you know, there's been some some really good you know, battles between the two clubs over the years. And, and you know, you mentioned that that win at, at, at the Emirates, which um, a lot of Palace fans have naturally been bringing up over the last week. Um, mm. But in, in many ways, you know, this is just a completely new Palace side, uh, a new club almost. You know, it's like, you know, regeneration 2.0 after the, the 2010 takeover. Um, it's it's just been, you know, a different uh, beast all around. So, uh you know, expecting a good game, but but also enjoying that kind of, um, you know, the unexpectedness as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's one that's really difficult to call because Arsenal are so unpredictable right now, despite winning uh, three of their last four and obviously 10 points from the last 12. It, the performances only came really in that North London derby against Spurs and the other games were a little bit kind of unconvincing. For, for Palace's perspective, despite liking a lot of what's happened in the transfer window and we'll come on to that in a second it's only one win so far this season thankfully and I do appreciate you doing it against Spurs um, but the four draws that have come in those games especially the game against Brighton with that really late equaliser as well what's been the real challenge and the reason behind Palace kind of not turning those draws into wins or maybe saving the losses in, in the other direction as well yeah I think you know if you look at the West Ham game and especially the Leicester game you know, that, you know, it, although it may feel at the time that, you know, three points is up for grabs, those, you know, both times Palace found themselves in difficult positions in those games, you know, against West Ham, they were pegged back twice and needed Conor Gallagher's two goals to, to get back into it. And obviously against Leicester, such a sloppy uh, five or six minutes uh, at the back and that cost them 2-0 down at, at the break, even in a game where, you know, it looked like they'd pretty much dominated uh, for a lot of it. Um, so it, it, it's just about finding some consistency. I think Palace fans will be, you know, more than happy with um, with getting, you know, those points on the board, you know, as opposed to perhaps last season under Roy Hodgson or in seasons gone by, you know, almost, you know, accepting a defeat at that point in the game. Um, so I think there's, you know, 
like you said, there's, there's positives to take from that kind of uh, thing. But at the end of the day, it's just one win on the one win on the board this season. Um, and you know, like we said, that was against Spurs, but you know, it was against ten men Spurs. And I'm not mm. taking anything away from the performance that day from Palace because I thought they were brilliant. But you know, that it wasn't you know like a, a blowing away of a side you know uh, uh, completely, which we're yet to see. Um, maybe that will come at some point in the next few weeks. I don't know, but you're right in that things need to happen. Things need to get over the line. Uh, it's certainly a, a something to look out for. Not a concern just yet, but definitely something to look out for at the moment. Let's focus on some of the individuals, players and coach. We'll start with the coach because there is a very obvious connection um, between Arsenal and, and Patrick Vieira. What have you made of, of Vieira's time at Palace? Because from my perspective, and I'll be very honest, I love the man, I love what he did at Arsenal, but managerially, like I never, I was never a massive rater of his time either in New York or, or in France with Nice. And when he took over at Palace, you actually, I, I say this completely unashamedly now, that became one of my favourites to go down when, when Vieira came in. So he has surprised me with the performances in the turnaround. But how, what have you made of, of him taking over? It, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, you, you, you're right in that his CV wasn't exactly glittering. Um, I was actually looking back recently for a piece about his time in New York and about that kind of how they played. And I, and I actually forgot that he managed Frank Lampard, Andrea Pirlo and and David Villa over there. You know, yeah, so yeah. it just goes to show how much you can forget about those um, those past CV ones. But to be honest, I think his style of play and the way it lends itself to, um, to especially, he's mentioned this before, to the Sellers Park atmosphere, playing on the front foot, getting, you know, fans up off their feet and, and really trying to, you know, from goalkeeper to striker, just attacking if you can. Um, I think that has lent itself brilliantly to what Palace are trying to achieve. There are obvious, you know, it, things can go wrong, and I, and I want to preface that as well. And we haven't, we are yet to see what happens with Patrick Vieira in the Premier League if things do start to go wrong. Hopefully, that won't happen. But from what we've seen so far, it's been a pleasant surprise. I think a lot of Palace supporters immediately warmed to him just from the way he's spoken about the club in in mm. various you know just media appearances or whatever he seems to be really enthused by what's going on um at Selhurst Park not to mention with the academy they've just had a huge redevelopment there so the project in itself is one that I think was really you know uh, uh, appealing for him even if Palace did go through a couple of managerial prospects before then um mm. but in terms of you know what fans have, have enjoyed about him it's it's attacking football you know it's it's a completely chalk and cheese style from what fans had under Roy Hodgson so i think there's a lot to be excited about um and and i think i said this before just a pleasant surprise at the moment of, of what's been going on maybe despite the results and I was so concerned about Palace in the summer because you had so many players that ran out of contract and it was going to be a huge kind of rebuilding process. And there was like this glittering hope as there was previously with Zaha and then with Eze, you've got another really kind of bright spark there and gutting that, that he's got this serious injury that he's, he's recovering from currently. But the business that was done, to go out and sign a player like Odson Edwards, who was being linked with, with Arsenal, of course, he was linked with other big clubs across Europe and... And then to see Palace get a real kind of a coup of getting him was amazing. And then you've got, um, obviously, Elise, who is someone that I know a lot of people in the championship have rated for some time, one of the most exciting talents coming out of uh, the second tier of English football. And you combine that with the, with the youth that's there, with, with Mitchell, of course, at left-back that's come through. We've already mentioned Eze as well. You've signed a player that had a fantastic season at Fulham and Joachim Anderson and Sean in a side that wasn't that great, but he was certainly their best arguably their best player that season so the business is is improving the managerial appointment is exciting what 
does this all mean for where the club want to take the, the things going forwards? Well, that is the, I'd say, million-dollar question. But in, in 2021, yeah. you know, it's a billion-dollar question. These days. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, in terms of where they want to aim, I mean, uh, the, the owners are quite open in the fact that, you know, uh, at, at this point, you know, top 10 finishes are, are, are what the club are looking for. They've only managed one uh, in the Premier League era, I believe. Um, and that was under Alan Pardew quite a, quite a while ago now. Um, so that just goes to show you, doesn't it, that the Palace... This 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 kind of level of stability they've had in the Premier League now for the last eight or nine years has been you know good for the club. Uh, uh, now it's time to kick on. I think Steve Parrish mentioned that in an interview he did last week, and and a couple of the other investors have mentioned it too. You know this is all about building for the future. And I think if you look at the way Palace are playing, and I've said this before, with the academy being rebuilt, you know being in South London, which you know is a, such a hotbed for young talent as well. Palace mm. wanted to be able to attract those kind of players. And you know, you know, Arsenal do this as well. It's about trying to create a whole project that can feed into that first team and ultimately help you get up uh, into those top positions. So, for Palace, it's definitely about you know looking upwards. And a few people, you know, you said yourself, a few people tipped them for relegation at the start of the mm. season. But because of those signings and because of the investment they had in that playing uh, side of things, I really think that Palace should be looking at the top ten. If not for definitely this season, then you know, looking forward, they've got to be keep uh, keep looking up. Oh, absolutely. The, the, the signings I am so impressed with. And it's when when obviously Hodgson went, you take that risk that because he brought kind of stability and really established palaces. Again, it's not a side that you, you look at everything you consider. Are they going to be involved with a relegation scrap? But actually, you just kind of established them in, in the Premier League. But to, to move on and go for someone risky like Vieira and then to make the signings that, that, that you've made is it does show intent and it does show... Uh, it shows ambition and, and kind of that avoidance of being just stagnating and settling for where you are as a Premier League side, which often you find with with teams in the Premier League around the mid-table is that they just want to stay, you know, we're settled. As long as we're getting the, the money of every season being in the Premier League, that will do us. Palace, it doesn't seem from those signings and from what you're doing that that is going to be enough. And so to go to that next level and whether Vieira is the right man to do that, we'll find out. But it is, I think it's exciting times to be, to be a Palace fan. And I've got a few friends that are Palace fans are very certainly excited about what's going on at the moment let's talk more specifically about the game on Monday then and about how you're kind of feeling about Arsenal from from a Palace perspective what have you made of of Arsenal this season and and are you kind of like a lot of fans I speak to and obviously a lot of journalists from other position sides as well not very threatened by Arsenal at the moment well I, I think you know if you look at times to play a side this probably isn't the best time that we wanted to you know actually get a game mm. against Arsenal I think after the way you guys started the season you'd have you know wanted to play you early on in that, oh, yeah. in that period. But, <laughs> but now I don't know things things do look a lot more solid and the one thing that I haven't seen from from Palace really this season is their ability to go into a game and they're good on the press we they, you know they love a high press and mm. getting it sides really energetically in those first few minutes but I'm yet to see anyone kind of really get at them and, and pin them back for a while. And I think Arsenal, you know, had the capabilities of doing that. Um, even against in the games against Liverpool and Chelsea this season, I still thought Palace, you know, really offered a good showing of themselves going forward. And, you know, they were unfortunate at times that the games got away from them. But I think this Arsenal game presents a, a different kind of challenge entirely. Um, even without all of the sentiment with Patrick Vieira returning to the club, I think it's mm. just going to be, like I said earlier, a really interesting fixture from not only a neutral's perspective, but for both sets of fans. And I think both sets of fans will go into this game thinking, I think we can get a good result here, which makes it even more, you know, exciting for the neutral as well. 
Is it? Are you concerned about like kind of the situation in the league with the table? Because of course, with Leeds and Southampton playing one another, if if Palace are to drop points, there's the potential to to, to slip. And we know very obviously that if you can't get kind of a few wins together, or you go a few games without winning a game, and all of a sudden your league table position looks very very worrying. If if Arsenal do come out of this game, say find their form, and at home Arsenal have looked a lot better than they have done away from from home, and that crowd support certainly helps the likes of Aubameyang find their form in in these types of fixtures. Could it could it be a really damaging game so early on, or do you think it's one of those games that can be compartmentalised and and move forward from? Or is it the start? Yeah, of the I, Bruce Lee? I, I don't think it'll matter too much. I mean, barring mm. a, a, a dreadful performance, that's the key thing for Vieira right now is looking at those performances and even in defeat and in those a lot of those draws. You know, Palace have shown that the performances are there and, and you know they mm. are working towards something. I think if if Palace were to lose on Monday night, um, like I said, barring a horrendous performance, I don't think it would uh, affect them too much. Even if they did slip down the table and, and got near those relegation places, I think what Vieira is building is is so. Um, it's so promising. For I, I just don't see them as a relegation, uh, a relegation threatened side at all. If you mm. look just just one to eleven, if you look at that team, I don't think it it, it, it no. should be or, or would be down there. Um, I think it, it's interesting, isn't it? Because a loss there, and you think you know that's one win from eight, and and things are, are not looking great. But then mm. if you flip it and and Palace get a result, I can see everyone kind of reacting and going, "Wow, what a what a brilliant side the errors." Vieira's made here, so it could be two sides of a coin for this uh, for this on Monday. So maybe a draw is the best result to back for us. Yeah, I mean to, to say that you're eight games in and you've only lost two as, as Palace this season is it would be good. But again, to say that if you lose it, you've only won one, it's, it's amazing how yeah. different stats can show different stories. Yeah. Um, Wilfred Zaha, of course, has always been a man. When you talk about Arsenal and Palace, that that crops up a lot of the, a lot of the time with the links of of the past, but. It, do you feel like now that the time for a move has passed and that he will kind of establish himself as a long-term going into his early 30s and maybe you never know, even becoming kind of that, uh, what's the right word, talismanic figure into his kind of latter stage of his career at the club? Uh, well, you never really know because the, the rumours mill, as you am well aware, just kind of mm. pops up new stories every week about Zaha especially. Um, you know, he said a couple of times he wanted to, to go and, and play in European competitions, which I think is fair to him. But um, no move materialised for him over the summer. He's since spoken about how much he loves Palace and he seems to be really flourishing under Vieira. He seems to be, you know, enjoying all of it. He's got a lot of, obviously, links down here. And, and I think it would be, you know, in everyone's best interest, personally, if, if he stick if he stuck around, rather, um, I think in terms of of the last few years, he's always had that burden on him. Like you said, even even as Arsenal fans, it's not just Arsenal. A lot of clubs look at Palace and just see Zaha and you know and, and a crop of other players. Mm. It's, but now things have changed completely. And we mentioned Michael Alise at the, at the top of the show there, Anson Edouard, Conor Gallagher, you know, there are threats around this team, Habire Eze coming back in, you know, mm. there, are, there are so many different, you know, kind of parts to this team attacking wise now that I think Zaha is actually, he mentioned before, I'd love to win a trophy for these Palace fans, it would mean the world to me. And although they're already out of the Carabao Cup, which was, you know, a drab showing at Watford, um, there's there's still hopes that, you know, uh, maybe he could win a, a trophy for them one day. So it's, it's a long mm. way off, but he's never going to accomplish that if he, if he leaves. I think he's been he's been mooted around with a with a uh, potential move to Newcastle, although who hasn't in in recent weeks? Yeah. Um, but if he goes there, there's no guarantee of them getting European football this season at all. Definitely, you know, ne- even if they got it next season, that's another two mm. and a half years away from him evening 
competing in that level if he mm. was to go, you know, up to Tyneside. So I think, you know, at, at his age as well, I think, you know, stick around at Palace, mate. You know, stick around here and, and, and see what you can achieve with the club because he's obviously loved by everyone here. So um, I think uh, I think him staying around would be, and it, and it looks like the, the most sensible thing for him to do. Just just to close, and I want to pick up on something you said there, not to move too far away from obviously this being a preview of the game, but it is interesting from my perspective to get the thoughts of of journalists of other teams about Newcastle because from an Arsenal perspective, it's a case of we're obviously trying to get back into Europe and Newcastle have ambitions to do that. But from a different perspective like yourselves, we've been talking about how Crystal Palace want to establish themselves more as a, as a top-half team. I want to try and get into that top-half. Was it... To see a project like Palace where you've made some really good signings and then you see this takeover happen with their ambitions, how has that gone down on the Crystal Palace side of things? Um, I think like a lot of clubs, the, the supporters, I wouldn't say the supporters have been split entirely. Um, mm. I think you know a lot of it is, yeah, it'd be great to have that money. But when you look at Palace's owners, um, you know they're not exactly... Um, you know, although uh, Steve Parrish mm. comes across as the local lad, you know, the supporting, you know, the controlling stake in Palace and all the investors they have makes them a very wealthy club. Um, mm. So, and they run it very well. Uh, and and obviously, I don't know if you saw the um, the Amazon documentary that, that about uh, Crystal Palace and mm. the 2010 takeover and, and the club being so close to administration, you know, these financial matters and these business matters care an awful, matter an awful lot, sorry, to the, to the Palace fans. And because they've been there in the, in the, in the recent past and they they know the threat of going under and unfortunately it's happened to so many clubs but i think palace fans more than many others are, are, are very aware of of the the instability that, that those kind of things can can cause so i think it's a case of you know taking stock and looking at what what you've got and in terms of what palace fans have got that is sensible owners uh ones who are happy to invest in the club ones who have got a clear vision of the future um and i think for for many of those supporters i think that is you know that's enough, you know. Let's let's look up. Let's be happy with what we've got, basically. And that's before you get into the murky waters of uh, of who's actually taken over um, mm. at Newcastle. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, just before you go, then let's get a prediction for Monday's game. Uh, are we going to be optimistic, or we're going to go for? Uh, <laughs> I was going to say a level-headed approach, but that seems so disrespectful. <laughs> but it's not. But you know what I mean. What what, what are we going to go with? Yeah, I mean, I, I have been uh, I have been impressed with how Palace have been playing this season, um, and I think it is going to be a really interesting game, especially if Palace start as lively as they have in recent weeks. Um, mm. I think it will pose us a real a real problem if Palace can really get on the front foot. Um, it's all about selection for me. Um, I think if if you know Palace decide to, to to stick with the same team that's lined up the last couple of uh, weeks, then I'm sure they'll be you know, possess more than enough threat. But you look at the bench, they've got players like Michael Lisa who are pushing for a start. Jeffrey Schlupp had a great game last time out. Mm. He's pushing for a start as well. So I think there's definitely um, there's definitely goals in this one. I've seen enough draws already this season, so I don't want to tip up another one, but I think I'm going to have to. I think I'm going to give it like a score draw, maybe a 1-1. Mm. I think that it's, it's going to be a tight game. It's going to be very tactical. And I think that the... I, ironically, Vieira's presence puts up pressure on Arteta because you've got a coach that's coming in. It's arguably going to get a big... It's, it's not even arguable. He's going to get a bigger cheer than, than our own coach right now. So that creates its own drama and, and narrative. So I, I remain optimistic and we'll go of an Arsenal win. But it's it's certainly going to be an intriguing fixture. Mark, absolute pleasure uh, to have you on the Arsenal way. Tell people where they can find you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Check me out on Twitter at Mark G. Wire uh, on their social media. Make sure you have a look at the Crystal Palace pages because 
you know, we're, we're trying to push out some good Arsenal content for Monday. So, uh, so keep an eye on us there. For sure. If you enjoy hearing more from the other side, uh, Mark will be producing plenty of content along with his colleagues over on football.london. So please do go and check out all of that good stuff. We ourselves will be continuing to produce content ahead of the game on the Arsenal way and football.london as well. So keep your eyes peeled to the site and the channel. If you've enjoyed the show, please make sure you drop a like on the video and subscribe if you haven't done so already. And as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way. Glory, 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 glory.